Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. All that you accomplished for us when you died on the cross and, and all of the places where you shed your blood and the significance of it to us. We pray for your revelation, Holy Spirit. Cause our eyes to be open to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. We thank you for it and believe you for it. We trust you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, just before we get started, there was a small boy his dad sent him, sent him to bed, and five minutes later, he's yelling out to his dad, you know, like kids do, Dad, and dad says, what? I'm thirsty. Can you bring me a drink of water? No, you had your chance. Lights out. Five minutes later, Dad, what? I'm thirsty. Can you bring me a drink of water? I told you no, and if you ask me again, I'll have to spank you. Five minutes later, Dad, when you come in to spank me, can you bring me a drink of water? <clears throat> some of us, well, my kids have grown up, now it's grandkids, but some of us have kind of understand that experience, don't we? <clears throat> uh, tonight we're beginning a, a new pre-Easter series called The Power of Jesus' Blood. And I really can't think of a more appropriate subject to talk about, uh, and not merely because we're approaching Easter, gosh, and only a week and a half away before Easter. And, uh, but it's not just because of Easter, but because of all the things that are going on in uh, the, our nation and the world, uh, in our personal lives, every one of us uh, is being affected in some way right now by the stuff that's either going on in our personal lives or in the nation, the world, and the, the events that are happening. And listen, we need to know the power available to us through the blood of Jesus. If we know the power available through His blood to us, it'll change how we feel about everything. The power of Jesus' blood will help us be more secure. We, need to, we, we live in such an insecure time and weird stuff, isn't it? Don't you just sometimes shake your head at, at what's going on around? And, and uh, I, I think of my grandmother. Uh, she lived into her mid-90s, and so she went... She was born in like 19, one of my grandmas, both of them actually, were born in like the 1901 to 1903, something like that. So she went in her lifetime from horse and buggy up to, uh, I remember we watched uh, the moon landing at her house on her color TV. And so, and I think about her in the 60s and 70s when I grew my hair long and, and my sisters were, we were all kind of doing weird stuff, you know, and, and how it must have affected her and all, and, 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 but she never said anything about it. She was just always good about it. But I, I think of that, and now, you know, uh, 50 years later, I'm looking at the stuff that's going on, and I'm, I'm probably like my grandmother was back in those days, shaking my head and going, what in the world is going on? Well, 
we live in very weird times, but, you know, we are the people of God, aren't we? We've been bought by the blood of Jesus, and we should be able, because of what he has provided to us, to live with a sense of security in the midst of insecure times. And so we'll be talking about this for the next three weeks. Uh, there was an old hymn that we used to sing when I gave my life to Christ. That was back in 1975, and it was called, There's Power in the Blood. And some of you seasoned believers will did you catch how I did that? It is. <laughs> I didn't uh, say some of us old folk, you know. But now I just spoiled it by saying that, didn't I? Anyway, some of us seasoned believers uh, remember that. And, and I remember uh, some of the words to that uh, uh, hymn to this day. Uh, uh, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil? A victory win. There's wonderful power in the blood. And then we do the chorus. Power, power, wonder-working power. And a lot, of, a lot of us here remember that. And so because we are seasoned believers. But, uh, you know, that song really did mean a lot to me in those days because I, uh, it was true for me. I had uh, given my life to Christ and... <clears throat> You know, I needed more than just cleaning my act up. I needed more than just becoming a better person. Uh, I needed more than just going back to church or going to church or something like that. I needed the power of Jesus' blood to forgive and cleanse me and set me free, and that's exactly what he did. And so uh, there's power in the blood, isn't there? First, does everybody have a lesson? If you don't, uh, if you'd raise your hand, I can have somebody run and get you one. Okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved it is the power of God. And so tonight and the next two Wednesdays we're going to talk about the power of Jesus' blood. And it's more or it's for more than just forgiveness. Now, I'm not knocking forgiveness of sins. It, the, the most important thing that Jesus accomplished through the shedding of his blood for us was that we be forgiven of our sins, right? Uh, I, I needed a whole lot of forgiveness, and I thank God there's a whole lot of power in the blood to forgive. Uh, in Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. This word redemption, if you don't know, it means to be bought back. We're, it, it's literally the phrase of a slave being brought, bought out of the marketplace and, and freed. And so we have been redeemed or freed, set free through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And, and so when we think about the blood of Jesus, we normally think of his death on the cross, and rightly so. Uh, his blood was shed on the cross so that we could be completely forgiven of our sins. So important, right? 
But the cross wasn't the only place where Jesus shed blood. He shed blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, when he was beaten and whipped uh, through the crown of thorns that was put on his head, and then finally at the cross. And every place where Jesus' blood was spilled, it has a specific benefit for us. And it's important for us to realize that Jesus' blood was shed for every area of our life. Uh, whatever need or, or place that we have uh, that where we're suffering in our life, it has been covered by the blood uh, for the forgiveness of our sins, setting us free from guilt and condemnation, healing in our minds and in our emotions, uh, the provision of our needs. Everything that we need in life has been covered through the blood. Amen. Say, thank you, Jesus. Everything changed for the better for us when Jesus shed his blood. And this is why we call it Good Friday. It was, it was a good day for us when he shed his blood. It was bad for him and the suffering that he experienced, but it was good for us. And so uh, tonight we're just going to lay a foundation for the rest of the series, the next several weeks. And we're going to be looking next week and the following week at the specific places where Jesus shed his blood and the power released uh, for our freedom. But tonight we're going to kind of lay a foundation. So first of all, the blood of Jesus is precious. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aim aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This is so important for us to remember. Uh, we should never get so used to being a Christian that we forget how it all began. That's why this season, the Easter season, is so important. It's a time of real remembrance where we remember the sacrifice that he made for us, and we should never forget. You know, really, daily, we ought to thank him uh, for what he did for us 2,000 years ago, because it's paying off big benefits for us, isn't it? Uh, John chapter 12, verse 32 and 33, Jesus said, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. Uh, I remember a chorus we used to sing, and some of us seasoned believers will remember, you know, lift Jesus higher, you know, lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And it was a good chorus, but it didn't have really anything to do with what he was saying here. I mean, we are when we lift him up in praise, there is a, a presence of God that comes in all that. But when he said, when I am lifted up from the earth, he was talking about dying on the cross. And so we should never take for granted what Jesus did for us. It was precious. His blood is precious. And so uh, there are several things I want to look at uh, that uh, uh, describe 
or, or uh, indicate why it was so precious. And first of all, Jesus' blood is precious because it cleanses us. <laughs> we needed a lot of cleansing, didn't we? 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Tell yourself, all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tell yourself, all unrighteousness. That's really good. One of the worst consequences of sin is the guilt that it brings, and it really does make us feel dirty. See, that's why it, it uh, talks about the cleansing of his blood, because we feel sin makes us feel dirty. I remember there was a girl uh, that I ran around with in high school, and she told me one time she would take up to seven showers a day. Uh, and it wasn't because she was rolling around in the dirt. It was because of other things. She felt dirty in her life, and she took so many showers because she was trying in that way to, to cleanse something that went a lot deeper than the skin. You know what I mean? We know what I mean, don't we? Some believers still wrestle with the guilt from their past, and some of us here tonight, you may have come here and, and still uh, there's things from your past that you feel guilty about or feel condemned about. And I know that there are regrets that I have for things that I have done in the past that I wish I had never done. There are things that I feel bad about uh, that I wish had never happened, but we shouldn't bear the sense of condemnation and guilt from the stuff that we did in our past. Because we have been cleansed by His blood. We have to understand. See, this is why it's so important for us to understand the work of His blood in our lives that have, that it, and what it accomplishes for us. It, it's meant His blood was shed to give us a sense of cleansing. We needed it. Tell yourself, I really needed it. Thank you. Uh, Revelation 1 verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him, listen to this, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The wording in Revelation 1 5 is intentional. And the way it is worded is very intentional. Uh, it says, he, I heard someone preach about this uh, several years back, and it struck me because it was, I'd never really caught this before. I mean, I've read it over and again. I read this because I've read the Bible through tons of times. I know I've read over this verse a number of times, but every once in a while you hear, <clears throat> you see something or you hear something that just catches you like you haven't heard or, or experienced before. And that's what happened when I heard him mention this. He said that he doesn't say he washed us and loves us. In other words, 
we are not loved because we're all got, got all cleaned up. He loved us first. And he washed us. Because he loved us, he washed us. He doesn't love us because we've been washed. In other words, uh, you don't have to worry about, no one has to worry about uh, getting their act all together or getting straightened out so that God will finally accept us or love us. That's, this is the whole reason Jesus died on the cross. Because God so loved us, he sent his only son. For God so loved us. He gave his only begotten son, right? Amen. And because he loved us, he washed us. We needed a good washing. Amen. There are a lot of us, myself included, I needed the, the power cycle. <laughs> right? Amen. And that's exactly what Jesus' shed blood accomplished in my life. It was. It was. And it has been. And and. The longer I live for God, the more, really, I do believe I'm, I appreciate it more. Uh, uh, it's been a while, but I appreciate daily what he has accomplished for us. Uh, uh, there's nothing like living for God and being able to be, have a clear conscience and to be guilt-free. It is, uh, what a gift from God because of his blood shed. And so we don't need to live with guilt. We should not live with guilt because his blood was shed to cleanse us. So we can and should have a clean conscience. Hebrews verse or chapter 9 verse 12 and then verse 14 says, not with the blood of, of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all. This is talking about him taking his blood before in, in heaven for us, having obtained eternal redemption. How much more, and God help us to catch this tonight, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Cleanse our conscience. Jesus paid an enormous price for our forgiveness, didn't he? And it was too great a price paid for us, for us to carry around guilt and condemnation because of what we did in the past. He paid the price for it. So sometimes I think we feel like, you know, uh, so that God really knows how sorry I am, I feel the burden and the weight and the guilt of this. And there's a big difference between being sorry for what we did. I, and I, like I said just a little bit ago, I feel bad about some of the stuff I did. I, one of the things I specifically, I, I won't even go into all the stuff I repented of, because it's none of your business. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not going to ask you either. But... One of the things I specifically felt bad about after I got saved was the way I treated my teachers in junior high and high school. Because I was a demon. I was. I, and, and, you know, I... Anyway, I felt... And I, to this day, I feel I remember... Gosh, I could tell you stories, which I'm not. 
but things that we did in high school to our teachers. And, and uh, then there was a whole bunch of other stuff that I wouldn't even dare mention that I uh, feel bad about that I did, but I'm not going to bear the guilt of that anymore. I don't bear, uh, we don't have to bear the shame of that anymore. Why? Because he paid the price for me, for us, right? And if he paid so dear and so great and so precious a price, so costly a price, who are we to go ahead and allow that guilt and condemnation to continue in our lives? We shouldn't. Okay? So, the book of Hebrews, where Hebrews 9, I just read this portion from, reveals one of the greatest differences between the Old and the New Testaments. Things are a whole lot better in the New Testament than they were in the Old. Hebrews 8 and verse 6 says, But now he, talking about Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Better covenant established on better promises. He was a mediator. Jesus stood, and what it means, mediator, is one who stands in between. Jesus stood in between us and Father God and with his blood, and because of that, now we've been brought in to the new covenant. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. I'll explain that. Matthew 26, 27, and 28 says, and this is when the, the Last Supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. <clears throat> for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And so at the Last Supper, Jesus is telling his disciples that everything is about to change for the better. And how we come to God was uh, going to get a whole lot better. Everything changed when Jesus shed his blood. Now, some, some people don't realize uh, the significance of the Bibles being separated from Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people who look at that, the Bible and think of Old Testament, New Testament is kind of like reading a long novel, you know, that has part one, part two. Uh, but this is not that way at all. When the Bible, as the Bible is separated between uh, Old Testament, New Testament, that word testament means literally covenant or agreement. And so the old covenant was God's old agreement with man. The new covenant New Testament, new covenant, new agreement between God and man. And the difference between the old and the new is like light years apart. Uh, um, uh, it's a whole lot better now than it was then. In the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed for the sins of people. And God had given the people the uh, animal sacrifices so that they... Uh, could have their sin covered and uh, uh, not not be judged by God for their sins. So that so they do animals, animal sacrifices. They do these animal sacrifices. Their sins were covered. The problem was, even though their sin was covered, the people still felt guilty, 
and they didn't have power over that sin. And so we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. Hebrews 9.14 tells us Christ's blood was a superior sacrifice because it didn't merely cover our sins, it cleansed them. So I want to read Hebrews 9, verse 14 again. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? This is so important for us to understand. Jesus' blood was shed not to simply cover over our sins, but to cleanse us. We can and we should live with a clean conscience. I'm talking about all of us. Every born-again believer in Jesus Christ, everybody that's here tonight, or if you're viewing online or listening online, if, if we have asked Jesus to come into our life because of His blood shed, what He accomplished for us was the ability to be able to live life guilt-free. That's novel, isn't it? And not to be condemned and, and burdened over with the weight of the sin from our past. And so I want to do something uh, right now. I don't want to just wait until the end of the lesson to pray about this because it's so important. Uh, if you are here tonight, I'm not going to ask for show of hands or anything, but if you're here and you are still feeling guilty, about things from the past, things that you did, and uh, the shame of that all still just weighs in on you, and it's something it could have happened decades ago, and yet you still feel uh, the guilt and the sense of shame from that. Uh, we want to pray in just a moment. Maybe you're here, and you feel guilty about it because it's something that's still ongoing. And so what we want to do is we want to pray right now and receive the forgiveness of sin and the cleansing of that sin. And listen, Jesus did not only shed his blood to, to cover our sin, to cleanse our sin, but to give us power to overcome. And so I know that you may be here and thinking, well, this has been going on so long in my life, I guess it's just something I'm going to have to live with. And I want you to know it's not. Whatever it is, and, and I'm going to talk about this as far as power in just a little bit over sin, but uh, we want to pray together. And, and there's no sense in anyone leaving tonight with a sense of guilt and shame from sin because Jesus paid too great a price. God help us. Can you say amen? God help us to receive and experience the cleansing of his blood. So right now, would you bow your head and close your eyes? I just want to lead you in a, in a brief prayer. And if you'll pray this out loud, if you're listening online, viewing online, if you'll just repeat this. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. I receive your forgiveness and your cleansing. I will walk with a clear conscience because your blood has set me free from guilt and shame. Thank you for that. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Praise God.
Yeah, let's just give the Lord a clap and thank him for it. Thank you, Jesus, cleansing us. Okay, so Jesus' blood is precious because it cleanses us, and next, it's precious because it reconciles us. Colossians 1 verse 20 says, by, And by him, to reconcile all things to himself, by him, so by him is Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So I have a definition here, and I put this in because this kind of definition irritates me. So I wanted to just share it with you. <laughs> it's from, and I'll explain it here in just a moment. But Vine's Dictionary of New Testament Words, I looked up reconcile, and so it says to change from enmity to friendship to reconcile. I don't know about you, but when a definition says, you're looking up the definition of reconcile, and it says to reconcile. You go, oh, okay. That makes sense. Obviously. You know, it just, that kind of thing irritates me. So I left that in there just to let you know one of my pet peeves about definitions. But it says, and then the other really is to change from enmity to friendship. I know probably a lot of you know what that word, but to me, I know the definition of reconcile better than enmity. And so, anyway, the word enmity means uh, hostility. And so, uh, we have been changed from hostility to friendship. And, and, you know, God, from the time that Jesus shed his blood on the cross, God wasn't hostile toward us. Uh, We were hostile toward God. Our sin had separated us from from God. The Bible says that we were enemies in our minds by wicked works, but because of his shed blood, we have peace with God. And every one of us tonight that have given our lives to Christ, his blood has cleansed us, and God isn't mad at us. That's a good thing to know. So I want you to tell yourself, God isn't mad at me. That's pretty good. When we have peace with God, we can begin to have peace with ourselves. And this is one of the things that after I gave my life to Christ, it was the first real noticeable difference that I could see as far as a change in my life after I got saved than before. Uh, I lived throughout my, I got saved when I was just, uh, just before my 19th birthday, And throughout my life, I lived with a lot of anxiety. And it was really, shouldn't have been that way because I was raised in a good home. My mom and my my dad was a real man. My mom was a real woman. They were were both good people. They took us to church and they had a kind of nominal relationship with God, you know, and then later recommitted themselves. But as far as a home life, I had a real stable, solid home life. Uh, my dad owned his own business. We had all of our needs met, and then some, you know, we, uh, he did well. We, we uh, you know, uh, my life should have been uh, like classic Lever to, leave it to beaver type, you know, that you know, just, there I go, dating myself. Some of you younger people have no idea. Anyway, just a, a good life, you know, and yet, from the time I was uh, four or five, 
I had never been abused until I got in first grade, first grade teacher, and she was bad. But I lived through my childhood with a, a good upbringing and, and good people around me, you know, and all that. And yet, uh, from early childhood, suffered from anxiety and then later depression. And so it just stayed, I, I lived with almost a constant knot in my stomach. And so uh, uh, after I got saved, I had been living for God for several weeks. And all of a sudden I got, I think I was, I had an exam. I was going to college at NAU and I had an exam coming or something like that where I sensed a little anxiety. And I, and it flipped me out because I had been for a couple of weeks, that had been the constant in my life. And I realized, wow, it's, I, I have not had that sense of strong anxiety for several weeks. And it had been almost a constant. And so I realized and I, I, that I didn't, I was free. I had peace with God and in myself, peace with myself. And so uh, I'm not saying that I've never had anxiety since then. I, I, I every once in a while get troubled about something, worried about something. But I don't live with that sense that I did before. And, and every one of our lives is different. There, there are probably a lot of you that didn't go through life with the same sense of the anxiety that I did. But every one of us do experience seasons and times where we feel anxious or worried or afraid. And we need not think that that's our lot in life because it's not. Jesus' blood was shed to reconcile us with God. We have peace with Him, and we can begin to have peace with ourselves. Right? Tell yourself, I believe that. Okay? Because we have been reconciled, we can come to God boldly. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. One of the most important truths that we can know about God is that he wants us close. Being reconciled means we can come boldly before the Heavenly Father. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus you who once we're far off. <laughs> That's a lot of us, isn't it? We are, we are far off, way out there. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, God isn't content to be distant friends. He wants us close. He wanted it so badly that Jesus suffered the, the, the most awful death imaginable so that he could make that happen so that we could be close and so this again is is it really is one of the things that makes the christian life so great is being close to god 
that we are not, we don't have this entity that's just out there that we are afraid of and cower before, but God is our Father. He wants us close, and, and we have to know this. We have to know it in our knower. You know what I mean? You know, you know, knower. Get it. Get it deep inside us where we, we grasp it, where we understand it, that, that God wants, us, wants to be, us to be close. Uh, uh, if, we, if we don't know this, then we are missing out on some of the best part of being a believer. And that is that we know that we have that close bond. And see, some of us still, because I think some because of guilt, some because of, of just maybe even bad teaching uh, from the past, don't really understand the relationship and the closeness God wants to have with us. Listen, I want to state it again. Jesus paid the worst imaginable price and suffered the worst kind of death to make it possible for us to be so close. And if we allow guilt and condemnation, shame, uh, inferiority, or anything else to keep us at arm's length from God, then really what we are doing is we are diminishing the power of Jesus' blood. And I don't say that to make to add guilt upon your sense of, of guilt and condemnation and all that, but I say that to again point out the power of his blood. And, and we, by faith, believe that we have been set free, we've been cleansed, we've been forgiven, and we then believe that because of that, we can be close, not because we're so great, but because he's so great. Not because we do everything just right, but because he did everything just right. And we are brought near by the blood of Christ. Jesus' blood is precious because it cleanses us and reconciles us. Okay. Lastly, I want to talk about the blood of uh, Jesus being and, and the power of Jesus' blood. Uh, it's through Jesus' blood that we receive the power to overcome. This is really good. Not that the rest wasn't, but this is really good. Revelation 12, 10 and 11 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him, meaning the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. God never intended us to live a defeated life. And the reality is there are, are many believers who live far beneath our privileges. And this is why we have to gain understanding of the power of Jesus' blood. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to experience defeat in areas of our life where God intends us to have victory over. Uh, we are not merely meant to receive forgiveness of sins, but power over them. 
not just be cleansed and forgiven, but to where that sin doesn't have power over us anymore. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. I want you to tell yourself, sin shall not have dominion over me. And he goes on, he says, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Grace is power. Uh, Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, and this speaks specifically. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And so here... The power of Jesus' blood, many of us remember Nancy Reagan when uh, uh, Ronald Reagan was president. She came out with the phrase, just say no to drugs. Remember, just say no. And so uh, she wasn't the one that came up with that. The Word of God is the one that came, really, because it just said, teaches us, the Word, God's Word tells us, teaches us to say no to ungodliness, whatever it is, not just drugs, but whatever. So the power to say no is through the blood of Jesus. It came to, Jesus' blood came and was shed to forgive us, cleanse us, and to give us power so that we would not be bound in our lives, but be able to live free. And so we can live free from uh, uh, addictions and habits and all of these things. The power to say no is through the blood of Jesus. I was thinking as I was preparing this class about a friend of mine, a guy that I got really close with in, in the latter years of his life. Uh, he he's <clears throat> went on to be with the Lord. And some of you, I know Dan and Anita will remember, and several others will remember. <clears throat> he, he passed some years ago, but his name was Tom, <clears throat> Tom Easley. And Tom was one of these guys, he had been in our church, came off and on, and, and uh, he was uh, what a lot of people would have described as an absolutely hopeless alcoholic. Decades. And he was in probably his mid to late 60s uh, and had been drinking all through his life, decades of alcoholism. I'm not talking about just socially. I'm talking about alcohol. And we had uh, several times, we had to ask him to leave church. He'd come to church drunk, and then he'd, and and just like that. And so this went on for a period, he'd come, come and go, come and go. But two years or a year and a half before Tom passed and went on to be with the Lord, the Spirit and power of God touched him as he received forgiveness, cleansing, and deliverance. And he got set free. And what he did is he just began, again, to to place his confidence and faith in the finished work of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, to break the bondage and power of alcoholism. And, And he lived for a year and a half to two years without drinking, just completely set free, and not only that, but became a servant. 
Uh, he, I taught a Monday night class at that time, and, and every Monday night, he was one of the first people here, and he was the last one to leave. He'd help us set up. He'd help us clean up afterwards, and he became a real servant. I mean, he's one of these guys that uh, I have a lot of people who have gone on to be with the Lord that I'm looking forward to see, and Tom Easley is one of these guys. And when I think about my heart gets moved because this is a guy that was so utterly bound, but he was set free because of the power of Jesus' blood. And, you know, it wasn't that he had wrestled. And so I, I use that to encourage you tonight. If you've had something going on in your life, don't ever believe the lie of hell that there's no hope for you or that you just are going to have to live with it because there's power in the blood of Jesus to set us free. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, he cried out, it is finished. Everything he needed to accomplish for us to be forgiven and to live a whole and victorious life was finished on the cross. So in closing tonight, Jesus' blood is powerful because it affects every area of our life. Everything. Say everything. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word saved that is used here is a Greek word, sozo, and it means literally to be made whole. This wholeness is meant to affect our whole life. Okay? Forgiveness, healing, physical and emotional healing, uh, deliverance from bondages, provision and, uh, and the release of, of finances, finances in our life, authority, the power to live for God, all of these things, everything that we need was provided for through the blood of Jesus Christ. And whatever we're facing tonight, spiritual problems, financial problems, health issues, family problems, addictions, whatever the issue may be, Jesus' finished work on the cross was made and accomplished so that we could be saved, whole. There's another definition for this word saved and whole, and it means to be safe and sound. And I was thinking, you know, in the days that we're living in, we need to feel safe and sound because everything that's happening out there can make us feel anything but safe and sound. But because of what Jesus has done for us, you and I can live in the freedom of being safe and sound. Tell yourself, I'm safe and sound by the blood of Jesus. So the next two weeks, we're going to talk about the specific places where Jesus shed his blood and the area of need in our lives that it covers. There is power in the blood. Tell yourself, there's power in the blood. We're going to pray. I want you to just close your eyes with me and pray this out loud with me and just say, Jesus, thank you for reconciling me to God the Father. I will come boldly before my Heavenly Father 
knowing that he wants me close. Thank you for making me an overcomer in life. Thank you for the power of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give the Lord a big hand, would you, and thank him. We do thank you, Jesus. We don't take it for granted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that helped you. And uh, I want to encourage you, take the notes with you. Uh, go through them during the course of the week. Review and kind of go through it. And if you've been struggling, tonight before you go to sleep, I want you to tell yourself and, 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 and just tell the Lord, Jesus, thank you for your blood that has set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Can you say amen? amen? God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.